And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Flamingo! Good morning, Sweet World, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Wednesday, June. 23rd, I'm J.E. Skeets, rolling with the homie, Tass Mellis. Basketball. Got my top shot hot boy, Trey Kirby. hey hey yo The international man of mystery, taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friends. <clears throat> Finally, the man, the myth, the legend, making the magic happen is J.D. Hello. There he is. Here we are. Shout out to the stream team joining us live right now on YouTube here on a Wednesday. Smash that like button. Leave your comments. And if you haven't already, subscribe. Keep sending in your questions and comments for the next Beach Step and Podcast. Hit the beach yesterday on a Tuesday morning. But email them in, guys. No dunks at theathletic.com all week long. Or you can tweet them in at No Dunks Inc. And finally, go grab your No Dunks merch over at nodunks.com. Okay, fun show lined up. We have our Eastern Conference Finals preview and predictions. Yes, Hawks versus the Bucks. Tip off tonight, game one. So we'll get into that talk a little bit about the NBA draft lottery, the winners and losers, some of our favorite moments, but we start by throwing an alley-oop to a man task here, eight and soars for the last second oop as the Suns beat the Clippers, an insane game, kept us all up pretty late here on the East Coast, but uh, Tass, have at it, what'd you think of that one? I loved it, what a phenomenal game, I mean this thing had it all. A team never up double digits throughout the entire game, so you're just you're just drawn in because you just didn't know where it was going to go. Especially with the coaching uh, of of these two guys, like Monty Williams, lets Mikel Bridges under three minutes left shoot when he was sort of invisible all game. He was one of five all game. He hit one field goal. They run a play for him out of a timeout for Bridges to hit a three. And he did. Mm-hmm. Everybody is making plays. Usually in that situation, you'd just go to your best player, right? Devin Booker, you're coming off a 40-point game. You got this. Take us home, man. Uh, but the, the coaching was matched from the other side. Patrick Beverly was starting in this game for the first time in a month, and he did a great job against Devin Booker. So Devin Booker was sort of taken out of this game. I mean, everything is just sort of puzzling, things you wouldn't expect. Cameron Payne was the leading scorer of this game, 29 points. A guy, you know, released from his last two NBA teams. He went to the G League. He went to China. He scored 29. He had the up and under in the lane. He saved Dario Saric from being a Ben Simmons when he didn't dunk the ball. I mean, he was getting to the rim. He was doing everything. Obviously, DeAndre Ayton uh, with 24 points. Uh, it was He had that first huge alley-oop. I thought that would be his no, biggest alley-oop. Like, gorgeous plays everywhere. Uh, Even, like, everybody. Like, Patrick Beverly, again, starting for the first time in a month. Great move by Ty Lue. Like, he pump-faked on a three, looked at his defender, and then 
hit a three in his face. I mean, <laughs> where, how? Who's writing this stuff? Like this, uh, and then getting to the end of the game. Yeah. The villain. You have the villain in Patrick Beverly. This game definitely has it all. The the, the ridiculous flop on Devin Booker, uh, getting in his face, headbutting him, uh, you know, by accident or whatever, uh, and, and then saying to him like, "Hey, man, we're friends." Like the fake high five. Devin Booker's like, "No, I'm not going to give you a high five, man. I'm playing basketball against you. I hate you." Uh, and 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 we almost had two game winners right at the end there with Devin Booker hitting the go ahead shot, 27 seconds left, and Paul George, 22 seconds left. Uh, only uh, to, to set up a Patrick Beverly out-of-bounds call, which was nuts. But all that stuff with Patrick Beverly, I was very happy that the Phoenix Suns ended this game on the Jay Triano alley-oop. Mm-hmm. Jay Triano, former coach of the Phoenix Suns, he told Tyson Chandler, you know what, man? On an inbounds play, there is no offensive goaltending. You can score above the rim. Jay Triano's Canadian. The game was made by a Canadian. He knows the freaking rules. Unlike the referees who had to go look at it for a thousand years, but just look at your phone while these guys are doing a video review. There's funny stuff on your phone. Uh, yeah, that part's unfortunate, uh, no doubt. But DeAndre Ayton took this thing home on a glorious, glorious play, and he was a hero. Uh, I mean, you know, we could talk about this game all day. I'm just going to go I check think the, the way we again. should talk about this game is after everybody takes their turn, we go to the scorer's yeah. table and review exactly <laughs> what they said. But after every single point, what a crazy last minute of basketball that was. Uh, the Suns had the ball, and they were down one with nine seconds left. Is that right? And they still pulled out this yeah. win because of, obviously, the missed free throws and the crazy alley-oop. But, yeah, man, it really pays off to watch random basketball games over the years because I don't think that the Jay Triano play is well-known because apparently people were super confused, but you can't have a shot attempt on an out-of-bounds play. Right. So. It worked out perfectly, and if you happen to be following basketball and the Phoenix Suns, not a good team back in 2017, that's the only way you know about this. But the Suns knew about it, and it worked out perfectly. It also worked out perfectly that Jay Crowder wasn't, like, right underneath the basket. That pass would be impossible if he wasn't standing, you know, 10 feet further to the left or whatever it is. Gave the perfect angle. He put it right on the rim. I think DeAndre Ayton even said, that's Jay Crowder's game winner, really. All he had to do was go up and kind of... Tap Give it. it a little David Robinson down. I love the huddle with Monty Williams where he's like, hey, DA, if he throws it, you got to like try to dunk it. Good advice. <laughs> worked out Worked out for the Suns. Crazy stuff. Oh, my God, Lee. Yeah, what a play call from Monty Williams. What what a back screen from Booker there on Subat. Uh, get real physical with him. What a pass, of course, from Crowder. And then what a finish there uh, from Aiton. I mean, this is a massive what-if game here for the Clippers, right? Like, what if Paul George hits a couple free throws? Even one, maybe. Uh, you know, what if the Clippers grab that defensive rebound uh, on the bridges, I guess, missed three in the corner there? Like Trey, like Trey was saying, like where it even just ended up out of bounds. What if they don't even demand an instant replay review on that to allow Monty Williams and the Suns to basically have a free timeout to call up? this lob play what if cousins makes it a little more difficult for crowder to not get that angle like just stand a little bit more big guy get his way in front of the rim you know there's less than a second it's probably gonna be around there and uh, what if even like zubats is just parked under the rim and they don't have him moving in space and then there's a back screen what if what if what if and here are the suns up 2-0 um and we can get into the whole instant replays and and whether this is like really bad for for the league and all that but 
just the game itself. Uh, yeah, <laughs> round them up. Let's Lee, go to the table again, Lee. I mean, did you you stayed up right? You, you couldn't have gone to bed for this one. I know yeah, you like to get yeah. your beauty sleep, but yeah. this one went late. Yeah, well, because I got home late, so I started late, so I was behind on schedule, so I was up late, and I was like, I didn't even have the uh, I didn't even have the energy to do practice your free throws because I felt so bad for Paul George because honestly, <laughs> he didn't Paul have the energy George. to tweet. I'm <laughs> 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 so tired. Like, I can, uh, no, because. Uh, the people know because I want them to practice to anyway. Tweet. Like the thing uh, is, uh, yeah, the, the 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 respect I have for how the the Clippers stayed in this game. There was a run there in about that third quarter where the Avalanche felt the crowd again yeah. going crazy, and Luke Kennard in that fourth quarter actually was huge for the, the Clippers. The nerd dog he, man was coming through, hitting some of those threes, just stepping into them. I'm like, no, great shot, Luke Kennard. You're awesome, dude. That's that's wild. Um, but for Paul George, you know, he did. He made the great play to get the layup, and then he hit yep. the mid ranger. He did all the right things a star should do. Good, good high percentage looks. Gets the lucky call as far as the overturn. He goes to the free throw line, and then uh, he goes long on that second one. And uh, yeah, one of those free throws at least almost guarantees an extension of the game. You know, the, the Suns were probably going to run a similar play to what they ran there uh, with Aiton. Or no, hang on. They had more time left, didn't they? Actually, they could have. Uh, they could have maybe gone for a three, but I think they probably would have gone for a, a book a mid ranger to try to extend the game. Who knows? Whatever. Yeah. But um, I just, I, I well, just look. Think... If he hits both free throws, they they're not losing. Uh, no, well in, that's in right. That's right. But I'm saying if he hits, if he hits yeah. one, then yeah. then yeah. you know they they also may not lose on that last possession. Mm-hmm. It goes to overtime or whatever. But uh, you know he was clearly struggling last night. Paul George, her legs looked a little bit heavy. You know uh, he hit the big three though. Lady only went one for eight from downtown, and he was trying to do everything that a star can do he got some help from his uh supporting cast there and you just honestly you felt the clippers earned that one i really do think that 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 everything they've gone through they played well enough now the the overturned call on uh when when beverly knocked it out of devin booker's hands you know by the rules oh my god they got it correct but we all know. That's Patrick Beverly's signature move at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Knocking the ball out yeah. of a guy's hand barely in the last couple of seconds. Did it Christmas Day, right, against LeBron a few years ago. Yeah. Right. Yep. But, so but annoying. I it's think it's it was, they're, they're like come on, this is so silly. That like yeah. perfectionism here is ruining basketball and all sports really when it comes to instant replays. I think it is. It's just it's got it just goes overboard. Where yeah. well in, in that in that instance, you know, again, it's clearly Beverly's you know, uh, movement that knocks the ball out. And yes, it technically comes off yeah. Booker's hands. But if you're going to do that, then, then okay, do it for every single call when it goes out of bounds on a contested rebound, right. on a block shot. The game that, would that, take 12 hours long. Exactly. And those yeah. calls would be overturned all the time. And, I, and, and again, we, you know, if you're going to follow the rules, fine. But I think we all understand that in basketball, that's not off off Booker that's off Patrick Beverly because he knocked it out and, and you, if you're going to get down and you know down to the nitty gritty like that it's going to ruin the game and that took way too long as well you know the they, last they, eight seconds of this game took eight minutes and the yeah. last 90 seconds of the game took almost a half an hour <laughs> yeah and what they that's, had to do that's really insane and look we're sickos we're going to watch yeah. it everybody I'm sure watching the show here today or listening to the podcast we're going to watch basketball if it's five hours long because we love it but it's not for us here where you got to get rid of this and clean it up and maybe just get rid of it completely, all these instant replay reviews. It's for casual fans. It's to get more fans because that's not exciting. If you are on the East Coast or you're international or whatever time it is, like, 
That's that's not keeping you interested. No. I know Tassie like joked like, well, look at your phone. There's a lot of funny stuff going on Twitter. My man Lee couldn't even. He didn't even have the energy to even scroll. <laughs> it's, it, it's, I know. It's too much. Couldn't the thing is, the thumb thing is, one more time. Um, the thing is with that, I honestly think they need to be. It's either thirty seconds to change the call, or it's a jump ball, or you just stick with the call you've got. But dragging it out like that, when we're all watching it, going, okay, fine, call it off him then if you're going to call it. But you don't need six thousand different replays of it. You know, it's the same one when it went off Zubats and, and uh, DeAndre Ayton there as well. We can see it, like, because we get to see the same thing. I'm like, why Why do they need to continually look at it? It's like, okay, yeah. it's off him. The pendulum, the pendulum has definitely swung way too far yeah. that direction. Because when, when Booker hit Patrick Beverly in the face and Patrick Beverly yeah. flopped, there was no whistle. They just decided yeah, after weird. Patrick Beverly was lying on the ground and everyone was complaining that, yeah, we're going to go video review it just in case it was a flagrant foul or if it was excessive or whatever. And yeah. the same thing with that Patrick Beverly uh, out of Devin, off of Devin Booker's hands. Like we all know in basketball, if a guy swipes on the defensive side of the ball and knocks it out, it's it's the offense's team's ball. Like that's right. it. Right. That's it. But but now yeah, the pendulum has swung, and so we're watching Scott Foster and his what are those shoes? Uh, if you guys saw those, I mean, those are like <laughs> real corrective shoes. They're monstrous. I couldn't get a good look. Oh my god, I actually didn't notice them. Oh, they're huge. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. It's kind of hard to see. Um, I didn't get a great great screen grab, but uh, yeah, they're they're real. The real old man shoes that are just a little too thick. Okay. But anyways, uh, <laughs> maybe he's got a sponsorship deal. Maybe Scott Foster's got a, a shoe sponsorship is he deal. Is wearing Hoka's? Yeah, that's why he's always trying to get on camera. Uh, yeah, it's it's it just it went way too far. And and, and I, I guess, you know, we can be mad about the video reviews. I was a little bit more mad just with Patrick Beverly in general because that's what his reputation is. You know, mm-hmm. tough, hard-nosed guy, plays defense, knocks it off you. But... If you live by that code, if you live by that code, like I'm the man every single possession, I'm tough. Mm-hmm. You can't be flopping all over the place. It's got to go one way or the other. Right. Which one do you want, man? Yeah. You can't, yeah. It, the man has to have a code and he's breaking his own code. And and Damian Lillard was tweeting, flopping all over the place. Like, yeah. it, it, that's exactly what happened. And Devin Booker showed how tough he is. I think, you know, kudos to, to him and just how, how, Hard nose, no nice. pun intended. But but listen, like his, I I, I took a screen grab of his nose to show it to you because oh I God. think that thing is broken. Oh. Well, they wow. really, he says it's not. They just said it's crooked. I showed Nora this, and she's like, "What? Oh no!" You know, like she she thought he was a good looking guy. He is, I think. And she's like, oh, his name's boy. Devin Armani Yikes. Booker. Yeah, yeah. that's a cool good looking name. name. Yeah, <laughs> uh, the, nose. the nose is the is one of the most weirder sort of injuries because I, I I think it must affect your breathing and your sight as well, like with the yeah. uh, the swelling yeah. and all that. But it's like, yeah, just go out there and keep on going. I mean, he's going to have to wear a mask for the rest of the series, isn't he? Because uh, I think I mean, Hamilton was one of his favorite players, actually, yeah, of all time. So he might be he might be pumped to wear a mask yeah. here. Like, well, he's a big time Kobe fan, right? And Kobe had some Kobe? great yeah. performances wearing yeah. a mask. So I wouldn't be surprised. I'm just reminded, uh, I feel like it was last week we were talking with Cameron Payne. Is the nose a part of the face? (laughs) (laughs) And now we got more nose drama? Incredible stuff, especially Uh, considering, you know, if you're going deep into Phoenix Suns history, Steve Nash with the broken nose, uh, blood everywhere, you know, just shoving any piece of cotton they can find up there. I guess that's how you fix a bloody nose when you're trying to fix it (laughs) as fast as possible. Phoenix just looks for any sort of cotton ball. They're like, uh... 
Open those nostrils, bud. It was like there. a it was like a Formula One driver in the pits when they had the um, they had the towels <laughs> up like that, and then it was like they're dropping. All right, get back out there, so you know, like, <laughs> And even on that play, Patrick Beverly was like, "What? I didn't touch him. I didn't touch him." Wow, and then he yeah. was bleeding. He's like bleeding from his head. He was like, "I'm bleeding." <laughs> well, yeah, you're bleeding because you guys collided. Like that one. Yeah, I mean, he's yeah, sticking his head in places yeah. where he probably shouldn't. Uh, that's how he plays, so it's not a surprise. But I think that I don't think Beverly's purposely trying to like jam his head into Booker's nose it's it's they're a little too close and they both get uh banged up there and had to exit the game and then did return but yeah the the flop from the the forearm from Booker was a little much uh and I'm with you Tass like you're gonna be this uh this dog out there and then you're just gonna like flop around uh yeah that's that's weird but what back to Trey Trey back to the instant replay though what what do you think we should do to try and fix this, like what? What is the solution? Is is there a is it a clock for the referees when they they go to the like we basically need referees for the referees? Uh, get rid of it completely? <laughs> like what? What do you? What would you do if you're uh, you know silver and the rules committee or whatever? Something's got to change. There's no doubt about that. Honestly, maybe like the unified review system that they use for soccer is pretty good where they have just one person who does it and maybe a shot clock is what they need and then we're going to be reviewing did they get the review done in 24 seconds i don't know what it is but the nba is going out of their way to combat these offensive players kind of jumping backwards and jumping sidewards and turning this into a foul something that people have been complaining a lot about uh during this season Mm -hmm. I feel like after the way things went down last night with the last like you heard it on every single episode of Sports Center you're going to hear it on a ton of podcasts you already heard it here once the last 90 minutes took 30 or last 90 seconds took 33 minutes and when that's something that keeps coming up in the discussion about the game it's bad for the game so they got to speed it up I mean, you want the right calls in the last two minutes, but it's infuriating to stop the game after every single clutch yeah. play. Like, maybe the only one that didn't get stopped for a review was when Paul George took it to the hole and made a layup because that one was kind of in the flow of the game, but it felt like every other play was a stop for something else. So they got to speed it up, and they got to just make it happen less often. And I think that the league will do that because, obviously, they want basketball to remain one of the fastest of the four major sports and it's boring for people who don't care to be like oh my goodness they're going to the to the replay again but I don't know I still think that the basketball overcomes it like I still was hyped after last night and I think even if you're not a total sicko watching that game seeing that alley-oop you're still loving it but of course they had to go to the replay to figure out (laughs) wow look at that only took 0.2 seconds to throw that oop so try it on your side clippers yeah I'll say uh, shout out to Jeff Van Gundy for being all over knowing the rule uh, there on the broadcast because the Clippers were confused. You know, you see, you saw Rondo going, "That's a basket. That's a that's a interference. He, mm-hmm. he can't be over the rim like that." I'm like, well, yeah, actually, he can. And the Suns did it in 2017 with Chandler and Jay Triano somehow figured out this rule that it's uh, that's yeah, a dumb you rule. Absolutely, though. can't do that. What's that? It's a dumb rule because you if so? you can't score a basket why can you offensively goaltend a basket yeah. to count that, that doesn't seem to make sense at all well i think they should just get rid of it completely if you're if you ask me the whole uh interference there being over the rim and stuff like that like the, they they don't have in uh, fiba and stuff like that but get rid of that i don't think you can do that in fiba i think it's only when it hits the rim then you can put it down i believe mm that's true that's um, plot- I'm not are you sure, sure? Uh, well, I'm not. No. no, I'm not 100% sure because, again, last night I thought that was offensive interference because it's like, well, <laughs> it, it's so it, it's a violation if you score the basket, but it's not a violation if you do something would always be a violation during live play. Yep. <laughs> I mean, Jay Crowder, 
What? I mean, he had no room to get that wrong, and he made it a just incredibly perfect uh, time pass. So he, he hit that. And that, then reacted like he did, could do it 99 times yeah. out of 100, if not 100, 100. It was like, mm, yeah. Well, he's the quarterback, isn't he? He's a yeah. high school quarterback, I think. Remember, that he, hit a, he hit a full quarter, in fact. Wasn't that him who did yeah. it? And that didn't count because he was out of bounds when, uh, when he threw that. I think it banked it in. I, I believe that was it. Uh, okay. I have to go and check that. But I think that was it because I remember how easily he threw it. And that's when I think I think Trey said, oh, I used to be a quarterback. Oh, got an makes arm. sense. Yeah. yeah. Got a cannon on him, the boy. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen his highlight tapes, but I'm guessing Jay Crowder was just dominating all over the field in <laughs> high school football. Like maybe he's throwing some deep bombs, but I can imagine he's going for 2,000 yards in a season. Yeah. So, he's Russian, no doubt. Yeah. Uh, Dan Devine wrote about last night's game. The Clippers are going to kick themselves here for dropping this one uh, task, in which they did limit Booker, like you said. Uh, outside of his shenanigans, Beverly, you know, doing a great job. They threw doubles at him at the right time. And they outscored Phoenix 39-18 to from three-point range. And they still lose game two. But are you giving up on the Clips? This is now the third time they're down 0-2 in a series here. But is this one different to you? Or are you like, you know what? They, they figured some things out. Ty Lue's got creative. They're in both of these games. You know, there's no Kawhi. Now, no Chris Paul, of course, with Suns, and he's uh, rumored to be coming back here for Game 3, so that's maybe trouble for them. But but what do you think? Are, like, are, are you ready to bury the Clippers, or are they still in this because they haven't even lost a home game yet? The Clippers deserve all the respect. I, I, as much as most people hate them, and Patrick Beverly earned them some more haters last night, uh, the fact that they didn't go double digits in this game in Phoenix while the crowd was rocking, yeah, they deserve all the respect. I of course, this is a killer. Uh, and and mm-hmm. the fact that uh, Phoenix, um, you know, continues to win now uh, before Kawhi Leonard comes back. Uh, I mean, th- they're going to get Chris Paul back before Kawhi Leonard comes back. So they got to get all these wins in now. I, I think it's, it's yeah, it, it, the way the Phoenix Suns are playing, um, you know, they're playing better than the Dallas Mavericks or the Utah Jazz. And that's why they're in the conference finals. That's uh, a pretty dumb thing to say, but that's just, that's, the way they're playing is so phenomenally well. I think, yeah, th- this is going to be one that the Clippers look back and say, yeah, we should have stole that one in, in yeah. Phoenix. Of course, this, this one's going to hurt uh, a little bit more than going down 0-2 the first two times. You know, plus they're playing every second night and all that, and uh, it's just hard to come back over and over and over again. They're the first team to come back from 0-2 twice. Um, so can they do it a third <laughs> time? It's obviously possible. I think Ty Lue is pushing all the right buttons. He is. He's so I'm not questioning that, you know, inserting Patrick Beverly was huge. I thought Devin Booker scoring 40 in the first game was just going to continue to roll into game two. I thought Patrick Beverly was too small, uh, but he did a great job getting under Booker's skin. And I think he's still under Booker's skin. I mean, Booker played it extremely well, put his nose on the line on that, setting that pick for sure. Uh, But, you know, he's got to overcome that in game three. Zubat starting in game two almost worked out. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm not questioning the Clippers anymore. But, you know, PG, he's got to be he's got to be a little hurt, a little hurt in the heart after that one. No doubt. He's he's, that's going to be tough to come back from. The Suns really continue just to get contributions from from everyone, it feels like. And it changes maybe from night to night. They won nine straight playoff games, which is amazing. Um, But last night, Lee, it was. You know, it wasn't Bridges, right, who, who was struggling with his shot. It wasn't, like, Crowder who was lighting it up from three. It was Cam Johnson mm-hmm. who comes off the bench and gives him, like, a huge 11 points. Great play. Uh, didn't miss a shot. You know, it was Sarich in, in moments where, like, you know, pick and pop in Cousins a little bit there because he's too slow. And then sometimes when man got on him, he's like, well, I'll just go down under the rim and bully him. He contributed. Campaign, like we said, I mean, this is just unreal. This guy, 
This guy at one point was considered the worst player in the league. <laughs> I'm not. It's not even an exaggeration. There was a stretch where like wow. Raptors and Bulls both cut him. I know. And honestly, he sucked back he then. He sucked. Yeah. He sucked. And now the guy's 29 points in a playoff game, like a like a huge playoff game, nine assists, not a turnover. Basically, he was like Chris Paul, which is unreal. Uh, so they just keep getting all these guys. It's amazing what they, they just look like. Such an awesome team. And then you've got the stars in Booker and then Chris Paul coming back and Aiton actually, who's been. The second best, well, third best player in this series so far, probably. Paolo Ugetti tweeted, I can't explain this, but campaign plays like an elastic rubber band someone is flinging around the court. And I thought that was right because he is a wiry little guy. He's got a bit of an awkward shot. He doesn't have the greatest mechanics in the world. Mm -hmm. But his confidence level right now is as high as it's ever been. And I think as a, he did play with Monty Williams uh, in OKC as Monty was a, a, an assistant coach there. And when Monty called him up last season and said, "We, you know, you want to come and try out in the bubble? He was like, absolutely. And so that has kind of fostered that relationship to the point where now, you know, they're not looking at campaign as found money, whatever he gives them. It's like he's actually producing for them. And especially again, like with Chris Paul, I think he's likely to come back for game three. That's great. They've been able to get these two games without having Chris Paul there. And now Devin Booker, of course, had to miss significant, you know, part of the game last night where dealing with the nose injury. And the, the, the Suns didn't just completely fall apart. Now, I mean, that's a great sign here for Monty Williams that everyone out there feels that it's not just Devin Booker or it's not just uh, Chris Paul or Aiton who's carrying this team. Everyone contributes. And some days it is Mikhail Bridges. Some days it's Crowder. And yeah. last night... Yeah, Cam Johnson, five for five from the field. I mean, that is found money, I think, when he comes out there and does it. So, Like Torrey but, Craig had a game earlier in the postseason, yeah, right, where yeah. he had a big moment or a big like half. Yeah, it's, it's so, everybody and, is tripping in. And that's just a sign of a, of a good, well-balanced team that they understand that like you might not get all the minutes one night and all the shots, but when you are called upon, if you're ready to go, you're going to go out there and be expected to contribute. So everything is really in a, a good spot right now for the Suns because, again, Chris Paul is not coming back from an injury. So he just got a little bit of extra rest for a guy at his age. I think it's a blessing in disguise in some ways. He goes to L.A., likely fresh and ready to go. Still don't know about Kawhi Leonard, but I think it's reasonable to assume he won't be playing at all in this series. So uh, the Suns, I mean, <laughs> they are on the brink of uh, returning to the finals, which is an incredible turnaround for a team that two seasons ago had the second worst league in the re uh, record in the league, which is uh, incredible to think about. Who's the last team to go to the finals without making the playoffs the year I prior? I think the Celtics. I think it's the oh, wait, 2000. Celtics? I believe so, yeah. Wow, so all the way back then, yeah. The, so. And we could have two teams, right? Uh, in the Hawks and, you know, the Hawks yeah. have to pull off the upset here in the Bucks. They could do it. Uh, Hawks and the Suns, possibly. But, Trey, with this one, are, are you are you burying the Clippers or this is still a series in your mind? I think it's still a series. I think the Clippers will certainly do well as the series shifts to LA, but they honestly should be kicking themselves for not winning one of these two games. Game one, they made 23 pointers. If you make 23 pointers in a game, that's winnable. Obviously mm -hmm. last night came down to free throws and a one point loss. Mm -hmm. That's a, like either one of those, you gotta steal, uh, the Clippers gotta get a win in Phoenix at some point, and it's like, you had a one-point game, that's a toss-up. You had a 23-point game, those are the ones you're supposed to win, especially when you're a team built around three-point shooting, but they've been resilient all year long. I would say the only button that Ty Lue didn't push exactly right last night was bringing in DeMarcus Cousins to guard the inbounder. Why? Like, I mean, I get it, <laughs> yeah, I get it that he's did, tall, but, but yeah. like, he was kind of standing 
to the left of Jay Crowder, giving him a perfect lane to the hoop. I thought that was a little bit weird, bringing in a cold goalie as Gordon Bombay <laughs> did once upon a time with Julie the Cat Gaffney. Didn't work out quite as well uh, for the Clippers as it did for Team USA, but I do think that the Clips are going to be better um, once they get back to L.A. They've been great so far. It's impossible to count them out when they're down 0-2 at this point. But the Suns are rolling, and it looks like they're going to get better unless they want to Reggie Miller this and keep Chris Paul out until they actually lose a game. <laughs> Just keep him on FaceTime, Whoa. you know? <laughs> keep him. I love the FaceTime Chris Paul moments. These are great, the, the celebration. DeAndre Ayton was awesome in his postgame interview, too. That guy, that guy... He just makes you smile looking at oh, him. Yeah. I just love his face and I love his like attitude and uh, you know he's very easy to, uh, to to root for. And he had a monster game. I don't want to like maybe we glossed over it a little bit because we're talking about the the oop, the Valley oop. Shout out to Matt Weiner with that call on Twitter. But he was wicked in the first half too. Again, Aiden keeps setting the tone in so many of these postseason games. Um, what did he finish overall? Like twelve of fifteen. Playing his ass off defensively too. He's gotten better and better in this league. Uh, you know, being still super young, he was he was great. Test. No, it was absolutely phenomenal. They needed him on both ends. He was spectacular. Uh, I, I want to just jump in with one thing. Yeah, I was wondering with Demarcus Cousins guarding the inbounder. Just who else would you have? I, I thought maybe it's just somebody a little bit more bouncy. Maybe this is where they miss Serge Ibaka for this one play. Bring him in to block that inbounder. But it is interesting. Bring in a tall guy. That makes sense, right? Uh, but then I want to complain about one thing. So those five guys that were on the floor for the DeAndre Ayton dunk yeah. had to be on for the next play. Yep, and yep. so the scorer had no idea who it was. They basically had to go back and check the tape. And we had to wait there. Oh, that took forever. It did take forever. I mean, that's that's something that any scorekeeper should just have. It should just be a part of their job, right? Like the five guys on the floor. Like, shouldn't sure. that be in the comp? Like or, the five or guys like on the you floor. Said, just uh, just press like the fifteen second rewind button on your uh, you know DVR <laughs> and see who's on the floor and be like, okay, get out here. I mean, that took I thought that's kind of what they did, right? They like put up a screenshot of yeah. Jay Crowder throwing it and. I'm, there's not a better way to do that. You just got to go CJ zero on this thing and check what you posted last. Very weird. Um, but people are calling us out here, guys. Mm. Yep. Literally last year in the finals, both teams went from out of the playoffs <laughs> to in the finals, the Lakers and the Heat. Oh, my God, the Lakers. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, good call. That's good. Uh, good call, Leo. Let me ask you guys something, because as a basketball nerd, I'm obviously loving Cam Johnson come in and Luke Kennard come in and not miss shots. I'm loving that. But I hear from some casual fans that the the absence of Kawhi Leonard and Chris Paul has kind of taken some shine off this series. Mm-hmm. Is, am I just a basketball geek and I'm just loving it? Or is there is there a little bit of shine taken off of it? And I'm just enjoying the fundamentals. I mean, I'm just enjoying every guy being you, out there to contribute. I guess you could argue it would somehow be even better if both those guys were playing. These last two games have been unreal, though. I mean, just the terms of, like, lead changes and how close it's been down the stretch and all these crazy what-if plays. But I I guess I understand that. But who cares, ultimately, if if it's an entertaining game, despite all the uh, instant replay reviews last night? That's my opinion, Lee. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, obviously, you'd love to see them out there, but they're not. So you just have to dance with the one that brought you you know and just like all right let's enjoy the game and it was a great game we're seeing we're seeing still seeing star players i mean paul george and devin booker i know devin didn't shoot all that well last night compared to game one but there's still enough star power for us who you know if you are occasionally like man i love chris paul i love Kawhi Leonard. i'm not watching if they're not okay fine but 
we're still watching. We're still loving it. It's still great. I mean, I don't think just... though the Suns should be allowed to bring Chris Paul back at this point <laughs> until Kawhi can come back. That yeah. only seems fair. Okay, yeah. let's yeah. let's make that a rule. Uh, TK, what do you think of of Tass's thought there? Uh, I feel unqualified to answer this question because I'm going to be watching regardless. Yeah. Honestly, if it's campaign and Frank Kaminsky running a pick and roll every single time down the court, I'm probably loving it even more. But I don't know. People are watching. Ratings are up. Maybe that's just because we're seeing, you know, fans and stands and this is a standard playoffs compared to the bubble last year. But I mean, the hype would be bigger if we had a finals MVP and a guy in Chris Paul who's going trying to win his first title. Obviously, that would be a bigger story, but... You know, this is where stars are made, are in the playoffs. Like DeAndre Ayton, I had him as most improved player this year and then was completely disappointed because all he was doing was playing defense. As it turns out, he was just saving it in the yeah. playoffs. He's going to keep playing the defense, but has figured out a way to become a fluid offensive player and honestly just dominate the paint. Like, he's holding it down inside, and he's the only guy on either team that really cares about being inside. It's been it's been huge. So it's like, yeah, uh, you know, it was exciting, I'm sure, for people when DeAndre Ayton was drafted number one back then. Could have easily fallen out of their minds, and now here he is winning the game in the playoffs. That's how you become a star in the future. Not everybody's a star right away. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, even if some fans weren't pumped game one, you know, Chris Ball's sideline because of the protocol Kawhi Leonard is out you get reeled in because this basketball is just so freaking good and if you want to watch some men look at a monitor you got to be excited about that too <laughs> no I'm kidding but that like, like that I mean the basketball has to reel you in it is just so freaking good and as I said at the beginning neither team had a double digit lead in this game like for me that that's always yeah, yeah yeah and it was there was barely one in game one if, yeah, if I remember I correctly so. I mean Maybe a team got up to ten. Uh, maybe I don't. I don't even know if that's the case. I mean, that was. It's just been so good. Yeah, the Clippers not falling apart. Uh, it feels unClipper like, but man, they just. This is, oh, this is obviously they, amazing. They hit like I think Van Gundy said it on the broadcast. They had like a, an answer three every time. It felt like the Suns were going to pull away. Like it was a Kennard three. It was a Reggie Jackson three. It was uh, one, yeah. yeah Morris hit one. Yeah. It was like whoa. They always were just sticking around. I mean, even this game, I couldn't believe the, the Clippers were up at one point. I was like, oh, my God. I feel like the Suns are completely outplaying them in this. And somehow, you know, LAC had the lead, uh, which is just means for a great finish. It feels like the crowd is going to sort of somehow be on top of the court, though, too, as well. Like, they are just up and going crazy. Oh, Mike Breen was standing uh, <laughs> on, on the side. I mean, I don't remember seeing Breen do it. Reggie does it a lot because you get yeah. people standing courtside, so it's tough to see. But yeah. uh, you could see Mike Breen. Like, he was perched up and he was he was we standing wanted, to see the action. Yeah, awesome. we wanted to call the game standing up there like that. Yeah. Wouldn't that be awesome? And just really, like, bang! <laughs> Let them roam the court like an and yeah, one exactly. commentator. They're doing oh, that with the cameras right now. Why not do it with my green out there? <laughs> that's well. that's like, an awesome <laughs> idea. Uh, just back to Booker's nose. I've told my story before where I uh, busted open my nose on a trampoline at a, at a high school party trying to be a cool guy doing a double flip and just smoked my nose off the uh, metal bar on the trampoline in the backyard and blood went all over the trampoline. But have any of you guys... Busted your schnoz, uh, you know, either broke it or, or went crooked or just had a super bloody nose. No, Lee, you're oh, shaking super your bloody. Head. Yeah, I've, I've oh, had okay. a million of those playing basketball, but I'm, oh, uh, luckily, nothing, yeah, never had a, have a, had a broken one. So, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, I've never had a test. bloody nose in my life. Wow. Really? <laughs> the, per- 
I got the perfect nose. What can you I say? You have like a. You don't have a big nose like a lot of us here on the show. Like you got Thanks, a, man. Yeah. You're, 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 you're just like. <laughs> Thanks, dude. Yeah. Thanks. Small feet, small nose. It stays out of the way. I'm yeah, taller exactly. than most of the people when you're playing in a pickup game, so I'm avoiding the elbows. Oh, true. But I've never even gotten one. You know, like going deep for a boog or something like that. I know yeah. they're super common. I've done a lot of dumb stuff. You would think I'd take a shot to the face. Certainly that's happened, but no blood, baby. No, on. You, you, you grew up in Chicago. Like none of those early morning pickup runs where it's like minus 45 degrees and the ball just like ricochets into your face. That never even gave you a blood nose? Never had a blood nose. Wow. wow. The purest. Oh, That's dose. incredible. <laughs> I mean, I think he is helped by being a little taller against uh, all us. Yeah, but I mean, people. you know. No, you're right. A ricochet here or there. Yeah. 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 Uh, Tass, you know, that schnoz ever been uh, busted open? Baseball, it a, maybe? It was yeah. ex- it's been exploded once. No, by yeah. a fist. By well, a man's fist made it explode. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It sounds like a good story. Uh-oh. Care to share? Uh, I mean, it's not a great story. Uh, I got I got blasted in the nose. It was uh, it was a one way fight, really. Ooh, if you, you remember, got sucker punched. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I knew. Yeah, it was there was a fight happening. If it was uh, third year of college, I think. Uh, yeah, my nose was basically below my eye. It went way oh. over. But I had uh, a great. Great guy in the ER, great doctor in the ER, take his two thumbs and just push it back. Oh. Now, I, I barely felt it. I barely it felt good. it, to be honest. Sure. I, had, I had alcohol flowing through the system, uh, so I barely felt it, but he just cranked it back. I mean, uh, it, was, it was bad. It was, it was ugly, uh, huge black eyes. I think, JD, we were in the same class in college. I don't know if you remember... Um, of course I remember. I'm, I'm still <laughs> furious about JD that punched story. You. Is that, that is? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was uh, it was a good punch. I mean, landed, landed really <laughs> I guess well. So Jesus. speaking speaking about uh, speaking of uh, quarterbacks, he was the high school quarterback. He was looking for a fight, and that man that man landed. Found his mark right between the eyes. Bang! Breen's there on the call, standing in the corner by the jukebox. Tessa, I feel like it happened in Woodbridge. Is is that correct? Were you in Woodbridge? No. Okay. Downtown Toronto. Uh, No, in the SOG. Oh, he's in the SOG. A parking lot in the SOG. Palladium? No. no, no. (laughs) At a pool. At a pool hall. Oh, okay. Oh. That was good. Yeah, great punch. I mean, it was it was bad. It, it wasn't fun. Uh, okay, I'll tell. I'll tell. I'll tell. Yeah, like were you talking shit to him or like was uh, it your, were Big you sticking Steve, up for a Big buddy Steve. or something? Okay. Big Steve was talking shit like an idiot. It was a bunch uh, of guy. A bunch of go. guys. Bunch of guys wanted to start a fight, and Big Steve got into it. I you know got in there to break it up, and yeah. some guy ran out of the back of his car, just turned me around, just hand on the shoulder, turned me around, and just jammed. Bam! And I was gone. Oh. I Did you gone. go down? Yeah. Well, I, I went, I blacked out um, for a second. Because I went from, I went from the, because it was in a, it was a parking lot and uh, there's nobody around. It's like after yeah. closing time. So I went from the back of the car where he jammed me to the front of the car. And I don't remember a thing. Like they were, they were just doing some kicking. There's people screaming. There was, uh, yeah. So I woke up. I actually, I came back to consciousness when the car started and I, and the car was, like the lights came on in the car, and I was like in front of the car. Oh, uh, wow. But uh, they drove off, and there was a court situation and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. Oh, snap. I didn't I, really know the details of this story yeah, at all. Yeah. My buddy Amin had a nice and ugly-ass tooth. I saw him in the emergency room. 
<laughs> oh <laughs> they had a broken God. tooth. Wow, like, you guys, oh, yeah. Yeah. how many guys were there? Were these guys just like MMA fighters in Mississippi? It, it was a three on three on three, but <laughs> wow. one team one team didn't really come to play. So. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing! Well, I'm glad we got this story. Oh, incredible! Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, we could we could go on and on, but uh, okay, it's in the it. it's in the police report. I okay, think those are public yeah, we'll, records. We'll get that. <laughs> JD, uh, can you find that? We can post that uh, later yeah. on the show. I'll hit my um, dad up. He'll he'll find it for us. <laughs> awesome. Awesome game, despite, yeah, all the delays at the end. I would just like, if I'm being honest, let's just get rid of replay for one year. Let's just try it. Let's <laughs> just go back to, like, no replay. Just see what happens. Maybe maybe the opposite. Maybe we're here uh, every second day going, oh my God, can you believe they, they blew that one uh, after we looked at it? But I guess if you get rid of replay, like for the officials, we almost have to get rid of replay for the broadcast. Yeah. <laughs> Just so we can never see it in super slow-mo with the fandom cam, so we can never then argue about like, oh, who was it out on? I don't know. I'd, li- I'd like to try it. Just switch it up there, Silver. Shoot for it. Maybe that's the new Oh, one. sure. Yeah. Sure. People would love it. Yeah. Oh, that's great idea, Lee. Oh, yeah. man. But you get to pick who, like, you know, hey, Ben Simmons, you got to shoot. And Patrick like Beverly that. on that one last night. So, all right, Beverly, you have to shoot a three for it. If you get yeah. it in, it's your ball. If you miss, it's the Suns' ball. Honestly, that's what we do, like, obviously playing pickup. Do yeah. it in the NBA would be incredible. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's a fun idea. Yeah. Uh, okay. We got to move on. We got a lot more to talk about. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Yeah, back with no dunks. Big numbers here in the stream team today. People were fired up about that game last night. But let's get to the other conference finals, which tips off tonight. The Hawks. Ka-ka! Battle the Bucks in game one. Each team coming into the series off a game seven road victory in the previous round. Hawks, of course, went into Philly, took down the 76ers, while the Bucks went to Brooklyn and pulled out that overtime win over KD and the Nets. So Let's break it down. Keys to the series, and then we'll get to predictions. Trey, get us started. Hawks, Bucks, what are you watching? I think John Collins has been the unsung hero of the Hawks playoff run here. Had a great quote to Chris Kirshner at The Athletic. John Collins said, these are meaningful moments right now. I'm proving I can win here. 
everything I'm doing on the court is just as valuable as showing I can get 20 or 25 points per game. And I gotta agree with them. John Collins was a 20 and 10 guy. We had him as a potential first time all-star, I think before last season. Obviously that didn't happen. There was a little bit of drama this season with like getting on the same page with Trey Young, but in the playoffs, John Collins has remade himself just basically as a defensive guy, as a as a pest to the opponents. Yeah. His defense on Julius Randle, I thought, was huge in that series. His defense on Tobias Harris was huge against uh, the Sixers. But now John Collins is probably going to be guarding Giannis, I would have to imagine, uh, with Clint Capella sticking Brooke Lopez. This is going to sound ridiculous, but I mean it as a positive. I think John Collins can hold Giannis Antetokounmpo to 32 and 13. <laughs> <laughs> And that would be huge. Basically, just battle him, make it hard, and put Giannis on the line when necessary. That's basically what Blake Griffin did. He played with a lot of effort and a lot of physicality. Those are both things that Collins has done really well in the playoffs so far. I mean, you're not going to slow down Giannis. He's going to produce. But if Collins is good enough against Giannis that the Hawks don't have to double all the time and they're not giving up easy three-pointers, something that could be a major disadvantage going against Giannis, can it just be... A small inconvenience, if you will. If you're able to guard him almost straight up, that would be huge for the Hawks to not have to devote other resources to try and slow down Giannis inside. Yeah, it's a good call. He's been great, John Collins, for sure. I feel like a lot of the keys to the series here, correct me if I'm wrong, are going to be maybe from the Hawks' side of things, being the underdog, like what has to happen for them to pull off maybe another upset here over the Bucks. Who are who are the heavy favorites? So, Lee, what's your uh, key to the series or an X factor? Where are you going? Well, I'm going with Bogdan Bogdanovich because uh, he's the latest update on him. He was a, he's a game-time decision for tonight. So I do expect him to play because he's kind of been in that same boat now for the last three or four games uh, as he was against the uh, Sixers in that second round. And I think you only have to look at the last three games to see that he clearly was affected. He, he only went, made one of his last uh, 16 three-point attempts and he just wasn't moving out there. He basically sat on the bench, I think, in the second half of Game 7. He's not shooting the ball well, and that's a clear sign when you don't have your legs underneath you that uh, there's something wrong. So um, hopefully he's had a, a you know a little bit of extra time here to rest because he's so important to them uh, as another guy who Trey can shoot the ball to to, uh, to hit those threes. They need him firing threes. He was great against the Knicks. He was great early against the Sixers, uh, and they need him. And, and mm-hmm. also defensively, he's a bigger guy than you think. He's, he's actually he's about 6'5". He sort of feels like he's a little bit smaller than that, but... Uh, He's uh, he's just really important, I think, to what the um, uh, what the Hawks have to do, and uh, if he can't go, then they're already down DeAndre Hunter. You know, they're already down Cam Reddish, who hasn't hasn't been, even been on the team at all in the playoffs. So they've tried Kevin Huerta in the starting lineup. Might have to go to Solomon Hill back into the starting starting lineup, which is not what, just because of size reasons. You think? Yeah, and, I, I, and I think so. I think so. Yeah. I don't think he's going to go with Gallinari, um, Nate McMillan, to start him. Uh, no. So I'm guessing that's who they would go to uh, if if Bogdanovich can't go. But if he's back and he's fresh and he's healthy, then that's a huge thing for the Hawks because uh, he can he can handle the rock a bit, but also uh, you know when he gets going, he's a very very important scorer for them. So. Hopefully he's feeling good and hopefully he's feeling better and uh, is good to go tonight. Yeah, and he's a fun little, uh, you know, narrative twist there too. Having yeah, yeah. been signed by the Bucks or looked like he was going there and then the tampering and cost yeah. him a pick and all that and finds his way to Atlanta. So that would be, uh, you know, if the Hawks were to pull this off and he played well, uh, insult to injury to Milwaukee if they somehow got put out by the guy that they actually had on their team in Bogdanovich. Uh, what about you, uh, Tass? What's the key to the series? 
Well, I think the coaching is monstrous, mainly from Nate McMillan's side, because, you know, the playoffs are all about matchups, baby. But uh, Nate McMillan's got to push so many of the right buttons because they are the underdog and they have to find a way to get the upper hand. This is going to be the series. They probably missed DeAndre Hunter. Cam Radish has been up, upgraded to questionable. Maybe he gets inserted. But that, that's sort of where I'm worried, that, that small forward spot, because, um, you know, P.J. Tucker or Pat Connaughton is where Trey Young is going to hide. He's going to – they're going to start P.J. Tucker or maybe even Pat Connaughton. Trey Young's going to hide there. But then Chris Middleton is a big problem for the Hawks. Do they put Kevin Herter on him? Uh, he could he could really hurt him. Or do you bring back Solomon Hill for Kevin Herter? I'm not sure. Do you put Bogdan Bogdanovich on him? But then who takes Drew? I mean, that's there. There's some perimeter problems there. What happens to to, to Clint Capella uh, if he gets into foul trouble guarding Giannis? I mean, what do you do? Or John Collins, the same thing. Anyeka and Kongu going to be out there? Is he going to play minutes? Is he going to be able to stop Giannis? I think they they just don't have really good matchups. I think from the other side for Bud, his main question is, do I start Tucker? He doesn't really have anyone to guard. I think the, the Hawks are just so undermanned in this series. The, the Bucks just have so many of the advantages. And Nate was a little slow last series to implement those changes. He waited until game four to start Kevin Herter, and, and mm. they somehow made that happen. They made, obviously, it was successful uh, after a couple of huge comebacks in that series, but I think he's got to be on top of it from the beginning because I, I get that uh, you know the Bucks have, quote-unquote, more pressure on them because they're now the favorites in this series, but you know, uh, they got to feel good as a number three series, yeah. a number three seed to have home court advantage in the Eastern Conference Finals. It just doesn't happen very often. And uh, I think the, the Hawks are sort of just behind the eight ball to start this series. The Hawks are going to hope that Holiday shoots as poorly as he did against the Nets. Uh, that, that would really help their chances. He shot 36% from the floor and 26% from three Holiday. Will he be that bad again in this series? I sort of doubt it. And he's my key just what he's going to do defensively on Trey Young. The one time they played this season, Trey Young shot three of 17 in his one game. It was his second worst shooting uh, performance of the year. He had six turnovers, too, in that game. And Drew Holiday was the primary defender. He's, he's, he's awesome. He's, a, he's an all-defensive player. And I think Trey Young shot 0 of 8. I saw Schumann break down that matchup with no free-throw attempts. So, I mean, look, the, the Hawks are not going to win these games if Drew Holiday <laughs> keeps uh, Trey Young to 3 of 17 shooting or 0 of 8 when he's on him. So that's big. And then easy buckets, too, here. Bucks score a lot in transition. Uh, a lot of that comes by way of turnovers. But the Hawks are good at you know, taking care of the basketball for the most part. So which one, which one gives there? They're a huge underdog, uh, but they're fun to, for, to root for here in Atlanta. And I think there's going to be a lot of people actually like, oh, this would be awesome if the Hawks could somehow get to the finals. So they're going to have their fan support here uh, from the casuals and the diehards like the Hawk bros alike. Let's get to predictions though. Trey, who, who do you like in this? How many games? The Bucks should be favored. The Bucks should win this series, but I'm taking the Hawks in seven. Wow. They're- Probably not going to pay off, Skeets, if I'm being completely honest. As we said, heading into Nets versus Bucks, this could easily be the NBA Finals here. It'd end up going seven classic games. And to be quite honest, the Bucks handled the Nets pretty well as soon as Kyrie Irving went down. Obviously, the Hawks are undermanned, but they've already won five road games in this playoffs, two in both series. So I think they can steal one in Milwaukee. And if they steal one in the first couple of games, either tonight or in game two, the series has changed immediately, and there's definitely a lot more pressure on Milwaukee. So, yeah, I'm rooting for a narrative here. I'm rooting for a city here. 
Hawks okay. in seven. Okay, Hawks in seven. Lily, uh, two questions. Your prediction and have you looked at tickets for game three here in Atlanta, mate? Yeah, I have. I oh have boy. to say I've probably gone to my last Hawks playoff game. Oh, I don't I'm imagine them getting any cheaper from uh, here on out. Um, <laughs> But uh, I'm taking the Hawks too. Why not? Why not? Trey Young's been incredible to watch this season, and uh, he definitely punches well above his weight out there on the court. I'm not saying he's Allen Iverson, but he's got the vibe, that tiny guy out there who you just sort of think, like, how does this guy go into the paint fearlessly like that and right. score? He hits the three-pointer. He's got the sort of, like, people hate him. He's got that, like, you know, the villainous quality to him as well. I mean, Allen Iverson's very popular, but he was also, like, the sort of guy who'd love to go on the road and get a big a big win. And, uh, well, it's just the smallest guy on the floor with the yeah. biggest heart, it feels exactly. like at times. Yeah. Uh, and and he, he is not afraid at the moment. Um, I, I was really, really impressed with his Game 7 performance because he was shooting so badly, but he didn't stop shooting. He hit that massive three uh, late in the fourth quarter, which was a, just a deep bomb. Um, you know, so he's like, listen, we're going to go out emptying the clip, and that's what I love about him. So uh, I'm, I'm pulling for the Hawks. Why not? We're down here in Atlanta. I think the Bucks are favorites and deserve to be, uh, but I say the Hawks can do it. Another closeout game on the road. Hawks in seven. We got two Hawks in seven, <laughs> bros. Yeah, crazy. I'm a big time homer, and I love it. Come on. Be the voice of reason, man. Where, where are you going, Tess? Well, the reason why I'm going to pick the Bucks is because I want the Hawks to win. Let me explain. Mm, okay. uh, the Bucks, yes, they are absolutely the favorites, and 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 because they were, you know, the underdogs in the Net series. I think if people start picking the Hawks, people start getting on them, they can use that as bulletin board material, and then they can feel like the underdogs again. So, uh, I'm taking the Bucks with the hopes that the Hawks win. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I do think the Bucks are going to take this series, but I'm obviously cheering uh, for the hometown team. I think, uh, yeah, as Trey said, I mean, it really comes down to the first couple games. It happened in the Philly series. Um, it, that, that has to happen. Uh, it, it, and it, it could happen. I mean, the, the Bucks almost lost game one of that Miami Heat series where they were clearly mm-hmm. yeah, the yeah. better team. It was super duper close. It came down to a Chris Middleton game winner. Um, but uh, I'm not giving uh, Milwaukee any uh, more bulletin board material here. So I'm taking the Bucks in five, but uh, Hawks in seven. Okay. <laughs> uh, an excellent Jennifer Hedger there from you. Shout out TSN. That's the turning point. Gino Retta. Uh, I'll take Bucks in six is where I'm going with this. Um, you're, you're right about the Hawks. Like, it's not far-fetched to see them win one of these two games in Milwaukee. They won both game ones, right, of their last two series uh, to, to start it off. And, and, and why not? Is that, why could not that be possible again? What type of Trey Young performance? But I do think uh, Brooks deterring... Maybe some of these floaters inside uh, that Trey gets, but he's so smart because he doesn't go all the way to the rim, so it's still there. Uh, he just has to knock him down. It's Look, I'm excited. I, I think this is going to be a great series here still, but I'm going to take Milwaukee because it does feel weird to say, like, oh, Bucks nets man. Whoever wins that is probably going to win the title or at least go to the finals because the Suns look, like, incredible right now. Um, be weird to switch that up. So I, I'll, I'll go Milwaukee in six, but let's hear from the stream team your predictions who you're cheering for, some X factors. Leave them there or leave them in the YouTube comments. And, and we'll, of course, be back tomorrow to, to break down game one, which is hopefully just as entertaining as uh, at least the first two games in the Western Conference Finals have been. All right, before we start wrapping this up, we had other big news last night. This feels like it happened like 10 days ago to me. I don't know why. But the Detroit Pistons finally lucked out in the NBA lottery, and they won the number one pick last night. They're positioned to draft the consensus best prospect 
Oklahoma State star Cade Cunningham, or, you know, go in a different direction, maybe. USC center, uh, Evan Mobley is a possibility. The Rockets, Cavs, Raptors, Magic round out the top five. We're showing everybody the lottery results here on YouTube, uh, of course, in the stream team. First time in franchise history, the Pistons draft pick moved up by way of the lottery rather than moving down or staying put. So that's great. They got the first pick uh, for the first time since 1970 when they took Hall of Fame center Bob Lanier. Shout out to big Bob Lanier. He had some big shoes, didn't he, TK? <laughs> Giant shoes. Giant that's shoes. The, that's like one of the two things I know about yep. him. He's a Hall of Famer, and his shoes are giant. Yes. Yep. Big Bob Lanier. But How's Cade Cunningham's feet? Is he got big know. feet? I don't know. I'll have to check the combine on that one. Uh, <laughs> Besides the Pistons, though, the question is, who was the biggest winner from last night? Uh, Tass, I'm guessing you would agree with me that it is that it is the Raptors, because the back half of the draft lottery, it went chalk. None of the teams that were slotted from, like, 8 through 14 jumped into the top four selections. And then, boom, Toronto slotted at 7th. Oh, my God, they're... they're their little logo is not there in the card from Mark Tatum, and they jumped up three spots to the fourth overall pick. That's the largest jump that any team made in the lottery this year. This is this this is big uh, for, for Raps fans, especially in a draft where the draft experts say it's a it's a it's a top heavy draft where it's like maybe your top four or five. You're like, wow, you're you're very excited about any of the players that you uh, you get at that that number there. Um, yeah, but I will throw in Houston as a, a, a second winner as well. Yes, they went true. they went from possibly having the number eighteen pick to having the number two pick. That's good. Nice. That's that's very very good. But uh, yeah, of course, uh, seeing the Raptors up there, even though you know they finished in the worst spot that they possibly could after jumping to the top four. So the the drama of the television got me. Had to wait for that commercial break, thinking that uh, the Raps are going to be jamming at the top but then you know big ben wallace just swatted them down to the four spot because he worked hard <laughs> good d uh great defense but yeah you know i wore this championship uh, there you go uh from stefan vasilev this championship shirt for today because it feels like a, a bit of a championship it's a deep draft i've heard yes that's a well, it's a top heavy hold on is it deeper is it top heavy which one is it it doesn't matter uh, we'll, we'll have some draft experts on as we get closer and closer to the draft because uh this is the one uh one thing we do not pretend to know a ton about, outside of like watching the highlights and the big names and stuff like that. But yeah, Raps winners, Rockets, big winners, you're right. And of course the Pistons, uh, very happy for their fans. Biggest loser though, TK, who, who would you go with from the draft lottery last night? Well, the biggest loser personally for me, Devils. Yeah. Lost their pick to the Magic and four of the top five picks in this top heavy draft skeets are going to the Eastern Conference. Ooh. Two of those, one going to the Pistons and one going to the Cavs who the Bulls will be playing a lot after missing the play-in. Pretty bad beat for Mm -hmm. Chicago last night, but I don't think they're actually the biggest losers. That, to me, has got to be the Thunder. They had a chance at two top five picks heading into the lottery. They had a 52% chance that theirs finishes in the top five, plus a 48% chance that Houston would drop to number five. If that hits, you got two top fives in a loaded draft, (laughs) including a local number one prospect. Instead, they dropped all the way down to number six and had previously lost a coin toss with the Cleveland Cavaliers, who moved up to number three. So, bad stuff for the Thunder last night. If the Raptors got a gift after a trash season, it feels almost the reverse for the Thunder, (laughs) who blatantly tanked as hard as they possibly could and then had terrible lottery luck. You hate to see it. Yeah, Mm. what'd they Mm. lose? Was this something like... 
final 21 of their last 25 games when they were just uh, yeah sitting every guy imaginable. Oh, Shea, oh, your foot's sore? Nah. Oh, Dort, what's wrong with you? You got migraine? Nah, don't play. Winning, Tony Bradley was too good at one point. They were like, nah, Tony Bradley, you can't play for <laughs> us anymore. Uh, yeah, the basketball god said, no, 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 come on. That's a... That was a little too blatant for our liking and uh, did not reward them. Uh, Lee, any other winners or losers to add from last night? Well, only that the Timberwolves uh, also lose their pick that goes to the Warriors. If that fell fell into the top three, I think uh, the Wolves would have kept it, but it didn't. So uh, that's from the Andrew Wiggins trade. So the uh, Warriors just steal another little uh, asset out of that deal. And uh, that's tough for the Timberwolves because obviously they would love to get some more young talent on that team. So as it stands right now, I believe the Wolves do not have a first round pick in this year's draft, which is uh, a little tough for them. Mm. Will any of these, you know, top, let's say, 10 picks be moved in a big deal here as we get closer to the actual draft, too? I saw a lot of Kings fans saying uh, they got to do everything they can to try and get Ben Simmons with their pick and whatever players it would take to try and entice uh, Daryl Morey and, and the Sixers to, uh, to make a move there. Um, we'll see. We'll see as we get closer and closer. Like I said, we'll bring in some draft experts and we'll start uh, coming up with all the hypotheticals, all the what-ifs. How about you this? Raptors experts? Would you trade the number four pick? I don't Theoretically, think so. you're a team that's close and maybe yeah. a star would help more than a draft pick. Mm, that's in tough. In a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. Do For it. who, though? For who, Tass? Yeah, who that, depends. The top four pick? that depends. That yeah. Um, hey, Beal. listen. Let's, uh, say, Gabe, let's say Bradley Beal is the biggest name that's gettable out there. I think so. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, 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 sure. you'd have to have some draft knowledge uh, to know that the guy at number four isn't going to be, you know, the equivalent of Bradley Beal somewhere down the road. Like, think that anyways, at least have yeah, that Yeah, Jalen Green's prospect. like a really good sort of scorer, and they think in the half court that the Raps could. That's the Raps' flaw, right? Like, half court offense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, they need that. So if it's Beal, yes. Is Jalen Green that guy right away? I don't know. I mean, that's what, again, people say he could be. Timelines, man. Timelines. Timelines. And then you turn and trade Kyle Lowry for maybe some sort of future prospect as well. So Mm -hmm. play both sides perfectly. Do do it now. Do it later. Get get a a future asset for Kyle Lowry. Because I think the Thunder have to trade up. I mean, I don't understand why they accumulate all these draft picks to... Obviously, it's hurtful. It's hurtful to drop, as Trey outlined very well. But even from the beginning of the season... Uh, you know the the fact that this, this, the play in tournament worked for this reason. The only team that was tanking from day one was the Thunder. And usually in a season, you see like three, four, five teams not trying to win. But twenty nine out of the thirty teams were trying to win. And uh, the Thunder go from yeah trying to be bad, and then Pokashevsky's hitting too many freaking shots. Al Horford you're hitting too many <laughs> shots. Yeah, sit, she's sit, too sit. well. Yeah, everybody sit. Uh, and uh, yeah, so it is definitely karma. But at the same time. Presti can't be sitting on these picks thinking, oh, I love this number six pick we've got. They've got to try and move up, right? They have to, to me. Yeah, they'll they'll probably give it a go. Uh, Final question with the draft lottery. We did a happy hour last night, so that's really my favorite moment, just hanging with you guys, going over uh, salmon recipes uh, is what I really liked. But from the actual draft itself, I'll answer first my favorite moment. Uh, and I said it when we were live doing our show. I was like, well, that's a meme. Somebody clip that and post it right away, please. Uh, I think ultimately the ringer maybe got to it first. It was Swin Cash and her reaction <laughs> to the uh, Pelicans uh, not moving up in the draft. It's so good. I love it so much. It's a great reaction. You can use that for so many things. And uh, also, <laughs> power. Uh, is that a blazer, I guess you could call it? Just an awesome outfit she's wearing yeah, here. I don't know if it's a question. dress or a blazer. I can't tell. But looks like a um, blouse with sequins. Yeah, I mean, but yeah. uh, who knows? Great Swing. reaction. Do, uh, Lee, anything else that uh, 
that you were a fan of. I know we were pumped about Ben Wallace. He looks still awesome. Oh, yeah. Him getting the number one pick, just outworking the draft, like he said. <laughs> yeah, no what a great charms. quote. He's, they asked him, did you bring a good luck charm? He said, no, I'm the yeah. good luck charm. Yeah. I figure after all the work I put in, nothing but good things can happen. Mm. How was great he right? Attitude. How yeah. was he right about that? Hard work pays off when it comes to balls just bouncing around in a hopper. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mentioned right. it on the, on the happy hour. I just would have liked him in the big white like sweat band, headband, you know, because that's how I sort of remember Ben Wallace. But uh, he didn't need it last night. He doesn't need luck. He's just going to intimidate those balls. They're not going to be, uh, they're not going to go to anyone else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but him and like, Akeem. Don't, we, don't we usually get like a Zach Lowe article where he's like in the back room Ooh, and the actual point. draft lottery is happening? It's like, I know Ben Wallace wasn't back there as well, but that'd be a funny story if he was. He's just staring at that lottery ball machine, like just like growling at it, making sure the right distance <laughs> ball comes up, the right Flexing. number. Uh, Tass, any, anything else that jumped out at you? Oh, yeah, it's the year of the big man. You had Ben Wallace and Akeem Olajuwon, those two mm. guys battling for the number one and number two picks sitting there in their chairs battling um, <laughs> in, in, different, in different rooms. Uh, but um, I guess... The, I mean, I, I was not paying attention. We were, we <laughs> we watched basically just uh, Mark Tatum pull out the fourteen cards, and yeah. I, you know, no disrespect to ESPN's coverage because it's they do what they need to do to make it interesting. But I feel like I'm a winner because I didn't watch half an hour of that. I watched <laughs> twelve minutes, right? You know, right. because it's yeah. just it's just here are the prospects, and I would have got to know the prospects a little bit more if I did watch the entire half hour because that's what they do. They talk to the players. I know nothing about college ball. Uh, so that would have been beneficial for me. So actually, maybe I'm a loser in all oh, of it. But, wow. uh, <laughs> no, but it was, they, it was entertaining, I guess. Yeah, sure. I guess. That's the same stuff every year. <laughs> there aren't moments. We, we talked about it yesterday. Are there moments? I mean, no. Not, not really. It's Nick usually Gilbert. like reactions. Like, yay, we won. Or, oh, crap, we didn't move up. Uh, I think, who is that old Pacers woman? Uh, had a sort of, they just cut to her after they didn't Kathy move Kathy Leonard, perhaps, was yeah. her name? Yeah. Like, it was just like, like Leonard's. Uh, yeah. So, and it was like, okay, just, a, just a quick reaction shot. And people, uh, you know, clip it and again, uh, caption it or whatever. That's it. But you're right. Not much happens. Uh, more, more entertaining in the actual draft night when you see what... Uh, everybody's wearing and some of the things said about them and some of the, uh, you know, old exposed takes that come out of a potential draft night. Like, oh, I don't know about this guy or this guy's not that great. And then, uh, you know, 10 years later, they're an MVP and, and they're clipping it. All right, Skeets, let's say you get chosen as the Raptors draft, draft representative. Yeah. Do you go in knowing you've got two reactions you got to have? You got to have a happy uh, one and you got to have a disappointed one. Mm. Are you brainstorming ahead of time? Do you have a draft board for your lottery reactions? Wow, great question. Never thought about it. Um, I wouldn't even well, I wouldn't plan for a, a disappointed reaction. Don't sure, go in with that sure. mindset. I'd only plan like, what am I going to do when we when we jump up to the top four? When we get the number one. Um, but I also liked your top list for top four, and that backfired. Uh, like, would they let only me on the, the broadcast Bulls. go topless? Uh, <laughs> just yeah, I think the, so. Yeah. <laughs> just sitting at the podium, no shirt on. <laughs> Everybody else in suits. They're like, let's go. Top four. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I don't know. But I wouldn't plan for uh, for the, the bad outcome. Though those are the funniest reactions because mm-hmm. they're real. Swin Cash. Real. God damn it. Uh, the people are saying you would have a temper boy reaction. Oh, <laughs> throwing stuff everywhere. Out. I'm out of here. Yeah. Uh, okay, that's a good call. Uh, let's take one more break here before we get to Lily's tweet of the night. 
I gotta get something off my chest. Nothing drives me crazier than sending a message to a group chat and getting no response. That's why I'm a big emoji responder. Love a hang loose hand or a salute, but man, it hurts when you send a message and get nothing back. Ouch! We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Therapy isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks. This episode of NoDunks is brought to you by BetterHelp. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back with No Dunks, time for Tweet of the Night. Mmm, Tweet of the Night. Wow. Tweet, ah. Oh man, Lily, what do you got? So many good tweets last night. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Go with this one that came in uh, yesterday sometime, and it came from Jordan Brand. uh, To celebrate the 25th anniversary of the WNBA's inaugural game, Jordan Brand is proud to announce its largest female roster ever, a group of inspiring women whose impact extends far beyond the court and who continue to prove they're here for a reason. And then they put out this photo as well of Michael in there uh, with all those uh, women. And I think this is just such a great image. The most famous basketball player of all time, really putting his uh, name out there and attaching it to uh, the women's game, which I think is uh, just a significant monumental moment for the game because the WNBA certainly has grown over the last couple of years in terms of its uh, you know appeal and the games and, and that, but still there's a big difference in terms of how much money the game generates and how much money the women then earn to play. Uh, now, there are still you know plenty of uh, bridges that we have to cross, but I think when you have the biggest name on the man side there really promoting it and marketing the game, that's going to help. And uh, I just think that's, uh, that's an awesome look there for, uh, for Michael, for Jordan Brand, for Jumpman, uh, Jumpman Brand, and for uh, women's basketball, not just within America, across the world. So uh, congratulations to uh, Jumpman and uh, women's basketball. Good stuff. Did you see, uh, Trey, you probably did, because you're the sole man here, DeRozan's Kobe's like custom uh, Kobe kicks that were the uh, WNBA like orange uh, Inspired by like uh, Kobe sitting courtside yeah, with yeah. Gianna back in the day wearing oh, the orange hoodie. Sick. Yeah, those are really cool. Yeah. Can you, so you can't buy those. Those are just like four DeRozan? Uh, I mean, I assume right now they're just DeRozan PEs since he's mm. got, you know, a Nike deal and he's yeah. had like, he's had sit Kobe PEs for a long time, but I don't, I mean, they're getting a great review or great reviews yeah. uh, on Twitter. And obviously the WNBA is getting a little bit more cultural backing for sure. And you know, that orange hoodie 
by itself was like a huge success, uh, you know, kind of changing the image of the league and making it a, a just a cool piece to have. So I can see that being the case uh, as Jordan Brandon Nike gets deeper and deeper into women's basketball. I know that Laura's favorite shoe of all time still is the Cheryl Swoops. So maybe they'll bring those back as well. Wow. Yeah, asymmetrical lacing, great for bad ankles, which oh, run in the family, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> Does Laura have bigger feet than you? <laughs> <laughs> we share. We share. Oh shoes. wow! Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Her shoes are my shoes. <laughs> Her shoes are mine. Uh, all right. Well, let's call it there. Fun Wednesday podcast, guys. Keep your questions and your comments coming. No dunks at theathletic.com. Send them in. Email them in or tweet them in at no dunks inc. We'll be hitting the beach again. Next week, uh, probably on Wednesday, so you got a lot of time to get your questions and comments in. We did hit the beach yesterday. If you didn't go listen to yesterday's podcast, did like a good 30 minutes on hypothetical Ben Simmons trades. Uh, we had him go into like seven or eight different teams, breaking down the pros and cons of some of those deals that a lot of you sent in by way of Twitter. And then we hit the beach to answer some of your questions. So check out Tuesday's podcast. Thanks to everybody who joined us last night for, uh, I mean, I can call it very weird, uh, no dunks, happy hour, draft lottery, watch party. Uh, it, it was just, it was one of the odder ones we've done, but sure. larfs, larfs were had. So thanks to everybody that, uh, that rolled through. If you don't have an athletic subscription, go to theathletic.com slash no dunks. So they know that we sent you and uh, go to no dunks.com for your no dunks gear, like this big beef shirt that I got on there. Nice. Uh, somebody was asking, why do we do this to show off our shirts and not stand up? Right? To show off our shirts? Like, are you guys like <laughs> naked from the waist that. down? Yeah, that's I mean, in our mailbag uh, episode next week. It's already oh, okay. scheduled. Okay, awesome. Well, then I, yeah, then I won't speak to it anymore. I, yeah, that's, because, I knew I saw it somewhere. That makes a lot of yeah, sense. Yeah, it was in yesterday's show, but then we you, you decided to throw in those Ben Simmons trades. Mm. So we, we're saving it for next week. Yeah, there's a conspiracy theory out there that there's a reason <laughs> yeah. that no one stands up. That we rather do this than, instead of stand. <laughs> Well, we'll I wear shorts. I mean, I'm not going to, yeah, I mean, you know, I wear shorts all the time, so. <laughs> okay, that's why we don't stand. Here's why it looks we don't even stand. weirder. It looks stupid, and then when I'm standing up here, I can't, I can't talk into the mic. I mean, I, don't, can, I guess you can hear me. <laughs> Just a torso. Yeah. Temper boy becomes torso boy. <laughs> that's very weird. I guess uh, we're getting into it now. Yeah, I tried yeah. to stand up on the podcast once, and I threw my microphone everywhere, yeah. and it made a huge... Uh, Huge racket. So that's personally why I like to just, you know, pop the shirt. That's all people care about anyways. Yeah. yeah. The conspiracy theory out there is that we're all wearing underwear. Right. And mm. we, we don't want to show waist down. Well, and people think that because when you dropped your computer the one time, mm-hmm. you could quickly see your... Uh, your, your There it is. Your JD's, your, your JD's rolling it in right now. Are those shorts or are those undies? People thought those were underwear. Slow mo, slow mo (laughs) replay. Go to review Scott Foster. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Oh my god! Look at this cross What an angle! I'd love to hear Van Gundy uh, talk about this. Those are some pull and bear shorts that have pulled a little bit tighter Mm. over the years uh, because they've been in the wash, they've been in the dryer. I love them, so I still wear them, but. Definitely no underpants. I mean, they look small. Yeah, they look like briefs. They, they look be, tidy, yeah. but after you sit down, you hike them up to get ready for the show. Uh, <laughs> sometimes they they uh, they ride. Yeah, a five an inch five inch inseam, perhaps maybe. <laughs> uh, I don't know. But they've just gotten smaller. It's, a, it's this woven fabric that's uh, really gotten a lot smaller. But I still love them. 
Can't Lee, let him go. Lee, could you could you stand up for me? Yeah, so of we, course. Yeah, just I've got the white ones on again. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's like you're wearing linen <laughs> pants. They are. They're like they're like sweatpants, but they're short oh. sweatpants. Yeah, okay. very comfortable. Very comfortable. <laughs> Clipper Bros. <laughs> You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us, and remember. Brace the day, people. Brace the day. You could stay. Ooh, every day. <laughs>